Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast Italian Grand Prix review. It was a pretty crazy race. I really enjoyed it. There was stuff going on all through the race, all through the weekend. Uh, entirely mixed up grid and result, including Daniel Ricciardo taking McLaren's first win since 2012. Brazil 2012, it's, yeah, I, I did not expect this at all, um, it's fair to say, and even if there was a McLaren win, I didn't expect it to be Ricardo, and I didn't expect it to be 1-2. So joining me to go over the bones of the race is Freddie Coates and Nigel Chu. Freddie and Nigel, how are you? How did you find the race? Are you good? I'm very good. I found the race excellent. I can't remember standing up and shouting at my television for this much since Monza last year, really, if I'm honest. Um, I just stood, honestly, from about, I don't know, pretty lap 19, I was standing up going, ah, look at this. Ah. So no one else, I was I was the only one in my house and I was just going mad. Um, was Monty there? No, he wasn't even there. The oh, dog okay. wasn't even there. Um, the cat had left as well, honestly. It was just me and the ghosts. So... That's all I had to deal with. Yeah, like you say, going over the bones of the race. That's what we did. And honestly, there are just some moments in that race that I just couldn't comprehend um, and I could not deal with. Um, I was texting a friend and they were on um, Sky Go watching it. So they were like two minutes behind me. And I was just like trying to go, ah, in every text. And I just couldn't, so I wouldn't ruin it. And I ended up just giving in and going, ah. And they're like, oh no, something's happened. I was just like, yeah, ah, um, God, what a, honestly, yeah. Honestly, I thought it was a really crap race. Nigel, were you going, <laughs> ah, at every um, lap? Only for probably one lap. I was going, ah, more at the tennis last night, I think I'll have to say. Oh, yeah, fair <laughs> um, enough. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, every question in the sky was about Emma Reggiani for the preview. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that was the highlight of the weekend. He, despite the F1 being so, so good, yeah, I think Radicani's win was a highlight. But it was an amazing race, still a fantastic race. I mean, it's been an amazing weekend of sport, really. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo coming back for United and the return from the international break and the Grand Prix and the US Open and the NFL's coming back and the college football, which I greatly enjoyed. So, yeah, it's been quite hard to keep up, but we <laughs> did manage to, at least with the F1. Um, yeah. Something to start with, do compared to last year's Grand Prix, which was also crazy with a completely unexpected winner and Verstappen and Hamilton both going out, I think. Um, did you prefer this one or last one? Oh, no, sorry, but Hamilton was off the back. I, yeah, I think this one, I think this one as a race was just pretty great all the way through. And I mean, it's hard to sort of say this, but like, yeah, last year the winner came from a red flag and a penalty. Whereas, I mean, this year, Daniel Ricciardo led from lap one. Like, and he got to the front row based on his pace in qualifying and in the sprint. So I think, yeah, this is a proper win for McLaren. And it was just, that's what I think made it so brilliant for me. Just yeah. as, a, as a whole for the storyline of the entire Grand Prix, the entire 50, whatever it is, laps. And just thought, yeah, great, brilliant, amazing. I'm really on board with this result as a fan yeah. of Formula One. You, 
it's what I wanted to happen, really. Even without the collision, I think the intensity yeah. of the race wasn't quite as high as example, I don't think, but it was still right up there. It was similar mm-hmm. to probably Hungary when we had Ocon and, and Vettel battling for the lead. And it was it was proper, proper tense. Uh, you know, people might say, oh, there was not much overtaking, but we all knew it was going to come round, come, uh, sorry, it was going to be about the pit stop phase. And once again, uh, that's where the drama came. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there was Hamilton... Going into the pit stop phase, it was Ricardo, Verstappen, Norris, Hamilton. And yeah, so uh, Ricardo pitted first and then Verstappen pitted a lap later, I think, and had an 11 second stop, which is the slowest by the Red Bull crew on Verstappen that I can remember for a while. We're so Never. used to them smashing <laughs> yeah. it with, you know, sub two second stops. And yeah, it was, it was a nightmare for them. So that meant. Hamilton was in the lead of the race and because he got past Norris at the same time as Verstappen's slow pit stop, it was like literally simultaneous. It was almost freaky. Um, Which no one noticed. No yeah. one noticed on the coverage. I just saw the, the name switch and I was like, oh my God, look at that. Hamilton's yes. got past Norris. Now he's in the favourite for the victory of this Grand Prix out of nowhere because of Verstappen's pit stop. And F1 didn't show it. Um, and then when they did show it, uh, the commentators were like, oh, look, there are the drivers driving around. Oh no, they swap positions. No, they didn't even say. Oh no, they swap positions. They just didn't realise. I mean, come on. So, sorry. Carry on. After, <laughs> no, it's fine. After that run, um, and then Hamilton pitted a lap later off the hard tyres, which he'd started on because mm. they wanted to go for an alternate strategy and have softer tyres at the end to try and get through the field. But then he kind of almost aided, basically threw that out the window and brought him in to try and get track position over Verstappen thanks to his long Before, stop. before we mention the crash, because I think you're going to, Wait, I think that was a mistake to pit. Okay. Well, we can, I'll, yeah. I'll summarise it and then we can go into that. Um, so Hamilton okay, no, had, had a four second stop, <laughs> came out, um, Norris kind of went past him as he was coming out of the pit exit and then Verstappen was maybe a second or so behind Norris, maybe a bit more and they went into the first chicane and there was a crash and both of them were out of the race, into the gravel. Verstappen's car was on top of Hamilton's and it was a deeply shocking moment. I didn't expect them to collide at this race. And yeah, so before we get into the crash itself, Nigel, you were saying about the strategy from Mercedes. Well... I think Mercedes got the strategy wrong all weekend, quite frankly. I mentioned it in the little group chat a couple of times on Saturday, I think on Sunday morning. And true, they just didn't, I think they didn't get it right at all. Uh, I mean, so starting house on, on the hard tie, that was probably the right thing to do with hard tie. I thought it was wrong at the time, but they proved me wrong. But then to pit him uh, when they did, I mean, why did they use... You know, well, superb tire tire management skills, and to, to go longer. I think I, I think for that, I think they saw Ricardo's pace um, on the hards and thought, okay, we can't match that going long. I think they were similar with um, Norris's pace, and you, you could see with um, when Verstappen came in, came in on his in lap, it was touch and go whether he, nah, he wouldn't have overtaken Ricardo anyway. So I think the pace on the fresh tires on the McLarens was just too much to be able to 
Garrett to, to work a gamble later on at a track that was proven very difficult to overtake at. Um, so I think Mercedes thought, well, we've just got to gamble on track position here rather than gamble on the tyres. I think part of going on the hards was just to throw off the other teams, really, and just a last-ditch attempt to do something different. It keeps their options open. They can go onto the mediums, but they can go onto the softs later on, but they can still push early on to compete. I think it was more, in hindsight, I look at this now and think, yeah, this is more of a, a reason for them to um, keep their options open. And I think it did. I think without, I mean, without that slow stop, Hamilton would have come out in second, um, really. And that would have been a good call. I think they were gamble- I think they were choosing to react more to Verstappen's bad pit stop and trying to get in front of him than um, trying than working on the tyres. And they could control the tyres and get ahead of their championship rival rather than lose track position. I, I, completely, I completely agree. I think the hard tyres, I think it was the right decision. They had to kind of do something different because I don't think anyone saw Ricardo jumping Verstappen off the line. I think they were um, viewing it as a Verstappen will be in the lead and will be building a gap. So we've got to try and do something a bit different and not just get stuck um, behind the two McLarens like they did for the whole of the sprint race. So, you know, I think it was the right decision on their I agree with the decision to pit him um, when they did because what we saw a weekend was track position was it was really hard to overtake these the cars with their you know super top speed aero packages were just you know there wasn't enough slipstream really to to overtake and you know get getting track position on Verstappen was the main thing and finishing ahead of Verstappen if you know if he'd if Hamilton had finished second if the stop had gone normally like you say Hamilton would have been second. Verstappen would have been behind Norris in fourth and regardless of whether he finished fourth or third, then, you know, Hamilton still would have had the championship lead coming out of Monza. So I, I think it was the right decision for both. It was just they didn't nail the strategy, uh, the pit stop and then kind of it all went downhill from there, really. Yeah, I can. Fair points. <laughs> You can argue you can argue that starting on the hards when everyone around you is on the mediums is going to be um, a, the wrong idea just because of the offset being so difficult with the hards in terms of warm-up and stuff like that. But um, really, I think, you know, it gave them it gave them options later down the line, which, to be honest, it's... I, it, it seems to me that really the only difference between the meetings and the hards this weekend was just um, 10 laps worth of performance. And that was it, I say, I think, based on Bottas's performance later in the race. Um, yeah. I think I really... Mean, this, this, this still made some other strategic errors throughout the whole weekend, which but I think that's probably not important now. Because like, with, with what's <laughs> happened... But <yeah>. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> well, it's, it's um, worth before... just pick at them, but I think we've got bigger fish to fry in this podcast at the moment. Yeah, I, I think in general, Mercedes made a bit of a pig zero. I think they could have won about won about three different ways and should have won about in three different scenarios, and they didn't on any of them. So whether that was Hamilton being on pole and going lights to flag in after the sprint race, or you know being able to stick with Verstappen and then jumping them in the pit stops or through the strategy or when they did pit, he should have come out in second and, you know, maybe they wouldn't have run the race, but they would have, um, you know, gained the championship lead back. I think 
to have the advantage. It should, it should have did. been an easy win for Mercedes. Completely. I think they, yeah, they, yeah. it's a big win loss or big gain loss that they could have had. And, you know, you, you look at, say, Austria, where Verstappen was clearly the faster and he cleaned up in two races. And, you know, this was really what it should have been for Mercedes, but it wasn't to be. Yeah. So I don't want to before... say, I don't want to say the, um, the situation is sort of lucky in any way, but like Mercedes are leaving this having made a gain in the constructors championship. Um, so really it's kind of a nothing race because it's really all about drivers this year. Let's be honest. It, mm. it feels it's a very nothingy race and kind of it gave both teams a kind of for Verstappen and Hamilton's camps, a get out of jail free by wiping the slate clean because like it could have been a race that, Hamilton should have won or it could have been a race that um, Verstappen would have taken a heavy hit but for both of them it was just nothing and it's kind of negated everything about the whole race that we were talking about coming mm. into it I mean yeah I think but I think that kind of being a nothing race just massively suits Verstappen more than Hamilton in terms of you know it should, yeah, it should have been that's a good point. but before before we talk about the crash, because we will be, uh, let's give we're bigging a it up. word, we're building up to a, it. a word or more than a word on McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo for just a completely unexpected but completely deserved win. Freddie's got his McLaren hat behind him in his background. So, do you want to take the first word on this while wearing it, or? Oh sure, I'll put it on. Um, audio listeners, audio I'm listeners. wearing the hat. <laughs> Yes, a massive difference. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I, I think for, for audio listeners, Freddie's <laughs> taken off the hat. Yeah, um, yeah, um, I think it's great. It's a really good, just it's such a good story. It, it's, it's a second redemption arc at Monza. We had the redemption arc for Pierre last year, and we've got the redemption arc for Daniel that's sort of been coming since the end of the summer break. Really, we you look at his performance in. Hungary and his performance in um, both Austria's and places like that, where he was just kind of nowhere. But he he came back after the summer break and qualified fourth in Spa. Yeah, he was off the pace of Norris for the most part because Norris looked amazing at Spa, but he was much closer and he was in a much better position and a much longer lap, which said a lot, I think. And then come Zanvoort, he's ahead and he's on pace all through the practice weekends and practices all weekend and stuff like that then come this weekend and he's just on a flyer and I don't know I I kind of got an impression all weekend that Daniel was unstoppable that he would do something good I didn't think he would win but I mean last night I was just kind of thinking oh what could happen tomorrow and I did kind of sit and think maybe we could get a McLaren win maybe Ricardo or Norris could win and for me this whole weekend it's kind of felt like the first weekend where we've had just you know it's been Daniel Ricardo not Daniel Ricciardo with an asterisk because he's at McLaren. So I thought, yeah, it's, it's kind of a return of Danny Rick, which I'm really happy about because I think everyone's yeah. a Danny Rick fan. He's just such a chap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emma Raducanu is a, a, a Daniel Ricciardo fan. So Ricciardo won for her, just like, you see him. No, it was, it was. Nigel's super, such an Emma Raducanu just... fan, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much, yeah. No, it was it was Ricardo. I definitely didn't expect it. I, I really thought his he was his head was gone. 
and you know to come back like to bounce back like this on genuine pace on merit even without the collision I think he would have had a good chance of winning and and I think that that's the thing it was it wasn't a lucky win or fortunate win like Gasly or Ocon with their victories it was a genuine raw pace win and that is fantastic he just dominated quite frankly he led most <laughs> of the laps nailed the start kept the staff in behind didn't put a foot wrong all we cared apart from getting pipped and called fan by Norris it was just that Ricardo of old it was just brilliant I couldn't I, I, I was surprised because, yeah like I said I just didn't expect it because of how poor He's been all season, but this it makes up for all of it some, somehow. You know, just this one win, this one brilliant win, it, it really does make up for it, and it's just just fantastic. And I think, yeah, McLaren as well, having been through such it's such a difficult time in 2015, 2016, those two years with Honda, and then now to rise and all of, all of the work they've put in, you know, everything behind, you know, going on behind the scenes, it's all for the all for these moments. So just a fantastic day for for, for McLaren. Mm. I think you know it's they finished ninth in the constructors' championship twice in three years. You know, it it's been they've had some really low moments in the last decade and. You know, it's it's over ten years since their last one two as well, which is you know just the fact they got a one two is even more mind blowing. I think they're the, first, the only team that's got a one two this season too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it's and then over the, over the last kind of two or three seasons, it's kind of been they've been a lot more competitive, but then they've not been in position to capitalise when there are kind of crazy races or the leaders crashing out, and it's kind of they've been left behind a bit on that and. Yeah, for it to kind of just all come together in this way and, you know, like you say, to come from genuine pace. And, you know, he, he had Verstappen, you know, so close behind him, especially for the opening stint. It was, you know, he he had to keep on the ball the whole time. Verstappen didn't really have a chance to go for an overtake. He You know, he was really just, you know, he was fast. He was, that's mm-hmm. been his problem. Like we talked about it, it's just been, he's not been fast. It's not been kind of bad luck or bad setup it's just he's not being able to be as fast as Norris and yeah this this weekend the whole team just got together and I think you could see you know it's so good to see McLaren back and I think you know seeing the celebrations on the on the team radio I love that when you can hear hear you know the engineers talking you can hear all of the celebrations going on in the background it was you know it, it was just fantastic and you know I'm so so glad for them and so glad for Ricardo because like you say you know he's such he's such a personality in in the paddock and you know he's he's sport. yeah you know it's it's exceptional for them and you know it's just so so pleased for them yeah. what you were saying about that about it but yeah it's about the number about the one two it's the only one two of 2021 and the last time there was a one two was the emilia Romagna grand prix in 2020 which is uh how to lead in bottas and who was in third place daniel ricardo well he's the one two oh. lucky charm of formula one <laughs> Illuminati confirmed, or sure, why not? Um, the last I'll time I'll, I'll, I'll send a letter out to all of the other members. Corner. <laughs> yes, I remember that. That was his last. Was it his last race for McLaren, or is his last winnable race for McLaren? Yeah, anyway? it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, was. <laughs> it was the last race McLaren won. It seemed to really sum up his season because the whole of that season he just had like 
issues or crashes or you know DNFs at the wrong time and yeah it just kind of it looked like he'd end on a high and then it kind of just ended at something of a season perfectly but fortunately that didn't happen to Daniel Ricciardo he was able to make it through all fine and yeah you could he did the woo message and then he did the ah yeah you like oh I've been away but now I'm back haha <laughs> everyone doubted me but not me I'm here rah he gave some. <laughs> he gave some. He actually gave, and it's times like these where drivers sort of let their hair down and that kind of thing in interviews. And he gave a really, really candid interview with Sky Sports um, to Rachel Brooks about how he was, how he, he's sort of been feeling this year. And and he, yeah, he's basically saying it's the first sort of victory he was overwhelmed by, and it's it's, it's definitely it, it was clear that this is the victory that sort of affected him most. He was more emotional than he was. Um, sort of ecstatic and I think you you remember sort of China and Monaco in 2018 where he's just giddy like a like you know like a schoolboy just bouncing up and down with happiness whereas at this he was more he was subdued he was more sort of you know I've done it I've pulled myself out of this rut of this hole and I've done it and the reward is sweeter than it could ever be and if you haven't seen that interview go and watch it it's two or three minutes of just honestly it brought a tear to my eye it was so emotional just you could really sense how happy he was to have pulled himself out of such a deep hole which I, which I think gave the impression it was a very dark hole as well at points because this is a really tricky time for, for Daniel he's Australian he hasn't seen his family in over a year he hasn't had an opportunity to go home since really probably the first lockdowns in March April 2020 so this is yeah it, it's, it's coming across as kind of just something else for Daniel and I really hope it's a springboard and we don't go to Sochi and it's kind of just like, I, I feel kind of awful thinking about it and that it's sort of, it's a one-off and that kind of thing. But there's so many different types of corners at Monza that really, I mean, it, it can't be a one-off. <laughs> Slow speed, high speed, everything's there. I, I, so. I don't think, I don't think it is a one-off. I, I think it's going to give him so much more confidence and as well as performances from the last couple of weeks as well, where he's been building towards this. But I think this win, kind of like Gasly last year, after his win, he went on a such a consistent run, which has carried on into this year as well. Yeah, he's still on it. I think something similar could happen with 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 with, with Ricardo. So, watch you know, out, everyone this else. Could be a, <laughs> this could be this could be a very important moment in his career if he if he does want to win more races or or, or a title. Yeah, definitely. And after the China win that you mentioned, um, he said, "Oh, I don't seem to win." Excited, uh, sorry, I, I never seem to win boring races or something like that, and mm. that was kind of the case for this one as well. And one of the reasons it wasn't a boring race was the incident at turn one between Hamilton and Segway. Verstappen on lap 25, I think. Um, yeah, it was, I, I don't know, I just couldn't believe it really. But who, what's the verdict? Do you think it hmm. was someone's fault more than others or a racing incident or a racing incident with a bit of blame apportioned to one or the other? It's a racing incident. I think the penalty is really harsh. Really, really harsh. Uh, in fact, what I'll say is, if Verstappen was going to get a penalty today, it should have been for the first lap second chicane. Because when I saw that, I was thinking... If they give a five-second penalty, I wouldn't be against it. And I think for me, that was worse than whatever he allegedly did or what the students say he did uh, on the lap 25, lap 26 incident. So that's that's my simple take. 
yeah it's a it's a real hard one isn't it because it's kind of like yeah the door's wide open for max and he went for it and he had every right to be alongside i think there's a there's a there's a line in the steward's note that says he was so far back before he went for it that he didn't have the right to racing room or something. So like, no, that's bollocks. That's just the stupidest line I've ever seen in the steward's declaration. Well, I can't is it the stupidest? <laughs> yeah. It's the steward's competition. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a good point. Um, but yeah, I think Verstappen had every right to be there. Um, I think there's an argument that he could bail earlier, but I mean, the curbs at Monza, the sleeping policemen that sort of run parallel to the corner are kind of awful to have to bail into. If you do, you just sort of, it's possible to get beached. We've seen cars get beached there in the past. Um, so it's kind of awkward to bail out unless you're going to go head on at speed, which he really kind of wasn't able to. Um, Lewis gave him, I think, a good amount of room for probably one of the most narrow corners in the, in the, in the, on the calendar I think on I think mean, yeah he could have gone all the way out wide but I mean that's just basically saying oh after you so I think to keep it competitive Lewis gave him a good amount of room I think really the issue here is the massive curb that catapulted Verstappen yeah. into Hamilton and I, I think Verstappen had every right to be there I, I'm leaning towards racing instant I mean yeah maybe Lewis could have given more room yeah maybe um Max could have gone in a little bit slower and sort of backed out in a way that Daniel did at the start of the sprint when he was alongside Verstappen, which jeopardized, which is what led to Pierre Gasly getting his front wing off because he had to basically come to a full standstill. Maybe Max could have done that, but there's maybes that are kind of sort of equal for me in both camps. Uh, so I think I'm coming into racing instant, really. I don't We're think... We're agreeing again, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, we've been agreeing on everything recently. Um, I get the reasoning... North that... or South better. <laughs> I'm a Midlands guy, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Midwest, actually. I think really, it's just like I don't really see any other outcome other than yeah. racing instant. I find three place grid penalty really, really hard to justify. Really, I th- I think my view on it is I think this type of thing should be a penalty but based off to Hamilton but everything we've seen over this season and this race is that it's not we've seen you know so many times kind of driver going in with the dominant line through the chicane has just kind of straight lined I mean we saw Verstappen do it earlier today we saw Verstappen do it in Imola so I think kind of personally Verstappen has absolutely no right to complain about leaving the space on this chicane because he hasn't done it Um, but I I'd like to see a police more. I'd like to see if cars are going in alongside or half alongside that drivers do leave a car length because I, I don't think Hamilton left anything like a car length. You know, he kind of left a tyre's width maybe, or uh, sorry, a car's width. I don't, he maybe left a tyre's width on the inside, but, you know, he basically hits the apex on the second part of the chicane. Um, you know, I think it's kind of... Um, you know, I was on Twitter, me and Ty were doing a back and forth and he said 19 other drivers on the grid would have bailed there. I think that's true, but I don't oh, kind of I'm see not why. Sure about that. I, I don't I'm not see either. why. I'm not either. I, I, I think, you know, I mean, we saw it in the race that, you know, drivers were kind of bailing out if they are getting squeezed on the chicane. But, but they were squeezed so much earlier. I think Hamilton did give him room on, which allowed him to come to that position. I think people were squeezing out much earlier than 
actually Lewis did to Max there. I think really, if we're going to compare it to other incidents, um, and also they were coming from further back, and it's weird out of pit lane and stuff like that, but at different speeds and, and it's, things it's your, like that. But it's it's your choice to do it as well. Like if they could have tried to make the call, then they might have been able to make the old say so they might have made a mistake by cutting the chicane because they could might have been able to make it make a clean overtake. So I don't think you know all nineteen drivers would do that. I think it just depends on the circumstances. Uh, situation whether you know it's a must need pass or, or whatever but that's a whole different topic yeah but yeah yeah i think generally i'd just like to see them kind of the stewards being hotter on drivers leaving space on the chicane when they are going wheel to wheel but like i say kind of what based off everything all the decisions we've seen in incidents similar to this then it is a racing incident so i don't know whether they'll kind of change that going forward and yeah i think the the grip place penalty is really you know, just completely unwarranted. But I think... I, I think if we're going to go onto the stewards' side, like you say, like, it's all about sort of giving room and things like that. It kind of means that um, they can't justify the fact that uh, Verstappen didn't get a penalty for lap one yeah. at turn four, um, because that's a similar situation. So we always seem to hear stewards kind of going, oh, it's the instant, never the outcome of the incident and yeah. things like that but it is the outcome of the incident and what and if they just if they said that uh, to be honest it's fair enough i don't mind if things are penalized based on the fact that oh it's fine they're able to carry on and everyone was hunky-dory so that that's, that's justification enough for not penalizing something in my opinion because that's the equivalent because otherwise you wouldn't have sort of unwritten racing rules or giving positions back and things like that so i feel like yeah there's been a lot said recently for other matters, um, for following Spa and things like that, of clarification of procedures and rules and things like that. And racing rules is a really, really, really tricky thing to to pin down in in a set of regulations because it's all so different. It's all so bonkers. Every situation is so bizarre when, it, when you put it on paper. It's, there's no one-size-fits-all for racing. But there can be limits and things like that and are we going to say no contact are we going to say um officially what a racing incident is these kind of things and honestly i don't know if we ever can have rules on racing I'm, it feels incredibly difficult i'm not saying sack off penalties but i think the best sort of way to police this is ad hoc i'm sort of coming around to it and sort of instant by instant and just sort of say we will investigate if there's a crazy accident and things like that, or if something looks awry, but I don't know. I don't know if it's, I'm entering some kind of Mad Max free for all stewarding world, but who knows? I mean, it's, I feel, it's really, I like really difficult. Before though, haven't they? The one they said, Oh, we'll let them race and stuff, but then it never really like it happens for a few races, but then they just come back round to what they did at Austria, for example, where they penalize mm. uh, people pushing each other off, which. I think Verstappen arguably should have happened today at the, in the first lap. Mm, I and I think, I think another problem I've got is that uh, Stroll and Bottas in Hungary, they got five grid place penalties in pretty obvious mistakes. Whereas a three grid place penalty for Verstappen, is that a two grid difference? You know, those I, instances with this one? See, I, I, I was going to go on to that. I, I think the re, they're trying to show consistency by kind of saying, well, we've agreed that it's Verstappen's fault and we need to kind of be consistent so we give him a grid penalty. Um, 
I guess that, that that's kind of my thinking on what their reasoning is behind it. But, you know, it just, the incident seemed to be so, yeah, you know, Bottas's was, while not intentional, was just clearly, you know, a kind of big mistake and outbreaking himself massively in difficult conditions and, you know, kind of hitting half of the top five of the championship. Um, whereas... Yeah, Bottas just took yeah. out three cars. I mean, this took out <laughs> yeah. one car, if we exclude the car of, of yeah. the incident. Um, so I think, yeah, for justification, that's on a plate. Um, I think you could have argued for Bottas based on that, maybe know, seven places or eight places, but that becomes complicated. Um, they're sort of leaning closer to three-place grid pens for some reason, which seems to have only really come in in the past couple of years as more of a sort of way like, mm. oh, we blocked him, but not that much for that kind of thing, not for a crash. So it's kind of like it's a half ass penalty at the end of the day if it's three places in my eyes. Yeah, I think, well, I think we're all agreed that kind of the grid penalty is undeserved. And yeah, I think it'll... I oh, the Silverstone one was it where we debated for about half an hour. <laughs> Still it's <don't>. true. <laughs> it's correct. Yeah. It's not like that. <laughs> no, um, but you know, looking at the incident in isolation and all of that. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think it would add, add even more fire to Verstappen, and you know, he kind of all of his messaging on social media coming out of the race and you know on the team radio and in the interviews afterwards was like I oh, didn't leave the space he didn't leave the space and oh it's so bad and it's his fault and whatever so yeah I, I think this will just fire him up even more so yeah it'll be definitely one to watch in Russia but moving on to a driver we mentioned a couple of times but oh, yeah. had Halo Halo. Yes. Yes. Like yes. Halo saved Hamilton today. They really did. Yeah, I mean, they, he said it, it did. the wheel touched him on his head. You can see it. Mad. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, massive. That's it's another bit of evidence if, if we needed it about the Halo being in, in F1. So, yeah, massive props to that. It, it's like, as, like, since the Halo's come in, it's just, I'm wondering more and more why more drivers weren't seriously injured, like, you know, in the yeah. noughties and yeah. 2010s, because there's been so many, you know, just in the, is it four years since it's been in or three? Um, this is the fourth season. Fourth year. 2018. Um, so, yeah. you know, it, it's like, I just, yeah, as, as I say, it's kind of each of these incidents is making me think, you know, how come there were more of these, you know, before, before the halo was in, because, you know, there's, as I say, there just seems to be so many where we're kind of talking afterwards about, you know, the halo made a massive difference here. And, you know, there's a driver walking away where he potentially would have been, um, you know, such. I think someone someone commented on Twitter that the F1 uh, video on YouTube introducing the halo has something like 9,000 dislikes on it, um, which, wow. you know, I think. And it's easy to forget how divisive the halo was when it first came in. And, you know, a lot of people... Yeah didn't like it and you know it's absolutely you know proof it's worth once again today as it has you know so many races since then and yeah very glad for that and I think everyone isn't you know even Christine Horner kind of acknowledged that after the race so yeah I think really really good job (laughs) by that okay Bottas (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you Freddie yes Bottas had a very good weekend he got the pole position that isn't the pole position in qualifying. So he's now joint level record holder of the Speed Kings with his Mercedes teammate, Lewis Hamilton. And he 
won the sprint race. You know, he got off the start fine as his teammate didn't, and you know, was brilliant. Never really under pressure in the sprint race, and then had a fantastic actual race because he came through the field on the alternate strategy. He really made it work on the mediums. He showed how you can pass at Monza and eventually finished third. He finished behind Perez on track, but Perez had a, a five-second penalty for uh, gaining a position off the track, I think, or gaining advantage by running off the track at the 10 yep. 4 5 chicane. So, yeah, I think he, he could almost be my driver of the day. I think it was you mm. know, a really... Over Ricardo. That's why I said almost. As he almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think bar that, you know, I think those two were the standout yeah. drivers by a fair margin this weekend. And do you think the pressure's kind of a bit like we said with Vettel at mm. Ferrari, do you think the pressure's gone off a bit now that he has been announced as going to a new team and, you know, it's just kind of all of this is, you know, there's, there's a bit less kind of question marks over his future. I do not buy that one bit. No, I think it's a one-off. But that said, I, it, I think it was his... Well, it's the only weekend where he's beat Hamilton by quite yeah. a bit. In fact, it's, it's the only weekend where he's beat Hamilton this year, actually. I mean, Monaco... I mean, in my books. Would have oh, been. Oh, yeah, Monaco as well, yeah. That's good well, the Second weekend, it's though. <laughs> uh, so, well, nevertheless, what a brilliant, brilliant qualifying lap that was to pit Hamilton. I don't think many people saw it coming... No. And then in the sprint qualifying, he just took off, did everything he needed to. And then he came through the, through the field quite well. I think the only mistake he did was not getting past Perez. I think I think he had the car that was capable to. And I don't think he quite executed it. He did overtake him at one point when Perez got him back. I think that was the only thing that he did wrong. A, a little bit of race craft and those super high-pressure moments against, against the Red Bull, against Perez. But apart from that, that was by far Bottas' Bottas's best weekend of the year of the year so far. I agree. I think it was his best weekend of the year. I think uh, touching on what you said, Adam, about um, maybe his mental place and stuff. I think he is in a much better place now that everything's sort of been settled. Because you got the impression whenever someone spoke about Alfa Romeo, he was really happy um, mm. this weekend. So I do think he's in a better place. But I think, really, he could have been in a better place with Mercedes and got that result earlier, to be fair. Um, I do think, what more could he have done, really? I think, uh, to that kind of result, I think it was a fantastic weekend by him. And it shows what Valtteri Bottas can do. And it's a shame he hasn't been able to do that more often, to be honest. Um, Mm. Yeah, I was really happy with his performance. Um, I think, yeah, the medium offset at the end was a little bit, uh, he needed to make hay while the sun shone a bit quicker than he did. But um, I think, yeah, he didn't really have the benefit with Perez. And I don't know if he would have been able to pass the McLarens anyway. So I think he finished where he kind of sort of leveled yeah. out. And yeah. without the safety car, he probably would have finished there anyway. If Hamilton and Verstappen weren't there, but in that kind of net kind of position of yeah. behind the McLarens. So, I think, yeah, he did exactly what he had to do today. Yeah, mm, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it was a really, really good performance from him. And like you say, it's kind of one that we've not seen before. There's Russia coming up as well, where he's gone well out in the past. So we'll have to see if that comes to fruition there. But, you know, he didn't, you know, he was a 10th head of Hamilton, which, you know, he didn't, it wasn't like he just pipped him. You know, that is a significant 
Around Monza, though, I mean, yeah. Monza, where the margins are famously as tight as some jeans. So, like, yeah, it was a really, really good qualifying lap. Purple in the first two sectors and just brought it home. So, great. Yeah. I mean, behind or Verstappen through to Ricardo, it was about four hundredths between them. So, you know, across the three. So, yeah, I think. It's not an insignificant margin, and you know he he just put it all together, and you know fair fair play to him for that. I I think there might be some kind of mental factor really of you know it does it just just help. It's not going into the weekend and every every question effectively being are you good enough to beat Russell for the seat, and you know it's kind of been been like that for a while, and you know it, I think having the pressure off a little bit, you know we'll have to see if it's a one off or not. But I I think it's a Factor. And there's also quite a funny moment at the end where he said, "Oh no, I've not seen it." He gave the classic uh, football manager uh, line of, oh, "I've not seen this highly contentious incident that you'll want me to talk about." And then they were like, "Oh well, we've got it here, and you can watch it." And he just kind of said, like, "Oh well, that's something yeah. I, I don't know." <laughs> he said, "That's unfortunate." Yeah, and carried on. And I'm just like, I mean, come on. <laughs> what what is it with getting all these other other drivers to? fall into the phase of in 10 years time where they are going to be pundits just let them be pundits then they don't have to do it now mm. and he, he genuinely could have won this race as well like if it hadn't been for the penalty then they shouldn't have taken it yeah but I don't know it's hard to, I feel like it's they should have done in... when they did to be fair yeah that's what you've got to look at they should have done when they did but yeah hindsight is beautiful and yeah. with engine penalties I mean yeah maybe they maybe everyone should have taken it ages ago who knows yeah I think you know it's like you say um, yeah it, it's one of those like in hindsight there's been you know there's a lot of things in hindsight that we could talk about over the weekend as when people should or shouldn't have done things but like you <laughs> say I think it was the right right decision then so you know we'll have to hopefully get to the shot at winning because it would be nice to see him win in his final season and you know to yeah Especially when Hamilton wasn't around or wasn't behind him, which you imagine that they'll have to invert the cars, you know, if if it's like if they're on a one-two with Bottas leading. So it's an opportunity that, you know, that's, you know, that's another opportunity that Mercedes could have had to win. But there we go. They didn't. It wasn't to be their weekend, but still a fantastic drive from Bottas. And yeah. Do you- yeah, there's a reason they haven't taken Hamilton's engine penalty at the same time as Bottas and stuff like that. And they want to give Bottas, you know, have Bottas at the front to lead a Grand Prix and win that one and that kind of thing. They need want to have a Mercedes driver at the front of every race, which is why they're not doing the grid penalties at the same time. And in essence, what that does is gives Valtteri a perfect opportunity to win a Grand Prix and be the lead Mercedes car. And hopefully when that comes, he can get get a win, get his final, maybe his final win in Formula One, but his 10th win is sort of a nice sort of round number with that. End of his fifth season, the Mercedes gets his tenth win with them. That kind of thing. Who knows? We can well, hope. Ten's kind of half a round number and then half very pointy, but you know it all. It's still a yeah joke. Anyway, um, so a joke, Nigel, a joke. Jape, by oh, your oh, yeah, that's statement enough. before, would you put Ricardo as your driver of the weekend or driver of the day? Yeah, has to be. Okay, and Freddie, who would yours be? Who are you anointing? Yeah, Ricardo, weekend, definitely. 
day. 29 milliseconds off third place mm. in qualifying. Um, did the job to get to third in the sprint and a very good start and did another great start um, to take the lead of the race and edge away from Max Verstappen, really, in that first. He got him out of DRS and then obviously won the whole Grand Prix. Yes. So, fair play to Ricardo. You get the winging it driver of the day by unanimous decision. Um, a team that suffered from McLaren's dominance was Ferrari, as they have dropped behind the Woking-based outfit in the Constructors' Championship. But it wasn't a disastrous weekend. It certainly wasn't like last year at Monza. Yeah. And, you know, they it was Leclerc fourth and Sainz sixth. So how do you reflect on their weekend and their Sunday? I actually think it was quite a good result for them, if I'm honest. It was always going to be a damage limitation in the third for the third place fight in the constructors. And they ended up only being 13 and a half points behind McLaren. So I think, yeah, actually, that's pretty good. Um, pretty good going. Leclerc has said that it's one of his best drives in Formula One. I don't know if that's something he's picked up from Fernando Alonso, but um, <laughs> he, he definitely was there or thereabouts at the whole Grand Prix in a way that I think surprised everyone. He was touch and go with Norris and Hamilton early on for points and he was seemingly just putting that car places it shouldn't go and yeah he was he let he led a lap at the race at one point so officially I mean he did come into the pits under the safety car at the time and give the lead to Ricardo as well but officially he led a lap and then came out second and yeah Brilliant. I, I think it was actually really good from both Ferrari drivers to actually pull off that result because they could easily have been eighth or ninth. Yeah, mm. I think it was very similar to Zandvoort where uh, they kind of maximised the, the result. But um, again, Leclerc just had the edge on Sainz. Again, Sainz crashing FP3. He does need to, need to stop doing that. He can't make that a habit. Although you can say it's better to, better to crash and call in practice than qualifying, but still... Uh, but nevertheless, I think it was a pretty good weekend for Ferrari. They were just unfortunate that McLaren bags 45 points from the whole weekend, which is absolutely huge. Uh, so I don't think they could have done much more. So they should be pretty happy. If they had the new power unit as well, you know, they'd, they'd be right up there. So, you know, I think I think hats off to, to, to Ferrari. They should be pretty happy with their weekend. Quite like the thought of them just going like, oh, Carlos, you need to stop crashing in practice. It's all right. You can practice anywhere, uh, crash anywhere, but not practice. Or just like as if he's doing it on purpose. Um, Rather than yeah. practicing the race. They've both had incidents in the last three, four races now. Sites in Hungary, Leclerc crashed in Belgium in practice as well, and Sites the last two weekends. So I wonder if it or is it the driver's pushing too hard or both maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's probably both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> but, but it was, you know, a much better um, performance than last year's Italian Grand Prix where neither of them finished and Vettel went out in Q1 as the second last Ferrari-powered car. Um, so, yeah, that was quite... I think that was an, the nadir, maybe, of their se season last year. So, I think, you know, to show the rebound that they have is very good. Is there any more drivers that you want to, either of you want to talk about? I would like what? to give Nigel the opportunity to speak. <laughs> that, was, that was nicely cool. Uh, I never thought I'd say this this year, but I think Lance Stroll 
had a pretty good race weekend. He was right now with Vettel in qualifying, and then he made the most of his very good starts uh, to move up a place or two in, in the sprint qualifying and then in the race. So it was pretty solid drive, I think. He, he did get investigated for speeding under yellow flags or, or virtual safety cars or something like that. Might have got away. I think he got warded in the end, so that means he, he did uh, well. He made a mistake, but he's got away with it a bit. But nevertheless, pretty good weekend. Bit seventh place. Aston Martin will take that as well because it didn't really it didn't look that strong in practice. So I think Straws got a pretty good 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 result there. I think. Yeah, the yeah. the reasoning he avoided the penalty was because it wasn't showing on the um, computer boards, the lap boards, right. but it was in a. It was there was a yellow flag in a only partially visible marshal post, um, which is more in concern with sort of recovery than it is concerned with alerting drivers, that kind of thing. So it was kind of like benefit of the doubt, you probably yeah. couldn't see it to be fair. Um, which is why it was a warning, but he did do it, like you say. Uh, I think he did have a good weekend. Could have he given was him a harsh penalty. Could have been harsh and it could have dropped him out of the points, really. And put Alonso in seventh. Take with um, penalty for the next race. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was the driver behind Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, and Red Bull. Really, a best of the rest for Lance Stroll. So good to him. The rest of the rest. <laughs> a place that should yes. have been Antonio Giovinazzi after another good qualifying, good sprint. And then what did he do? He just drove into Carlos Sainz at the start of the race, for goodness sake, Antonio. I'm rooting for you so much here. And what do you do? You go and just drive into someone. Come on, man. Mm. A driver whose future still isn't confirmed. And yeah, he seemed to be kind of on for a better result this weekend and then didn't come to pass. Um, but you mentioned... He's got the pace. Just rely on it. Don't drive into people, yeah. man. He's like last <laughs> weekend on lap one. He seemed a bit, not out of place, but his race craft wasn't quite, quite as sharp as some of the guys around him and I think yeah. it kind of was the same thing where he just lacked that little bit of smartness perhaps to be in the right place and he mm. got it's, caught up in, it, that, in that incident It's different racing a washed up Kimi Raikkonen to racing a on form Charles Leclerc isn't it? Yes, mm. from personal experience it is. Um, and you mentioned Lance Stroll, another yeah. Mercedes power driver was George Russell who Got points again. It's kind of now he's broken his duck. He's like just doing it, you know, whenever he wants to. Um, so that's three yeah. races out of the last four that he's got points, which is just worth a mention. And yeah, it's good that he's kind I'm of tying on to that. Worth a mention to Nicky Latifi. Officially out qualified. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes. Um, but <laughs> Nicky Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky Latifi running in the points just because. He could at the start of the race, really, because he was doing a brilliant job. And then pitted. And the only reason I think Latifi didn't get points is because Russell pitted under the safety car and that kind of thing. Otherwise, Latifi was being the lead Williams driver from Saturday and Sunday. And I think he did a brilliant job. And he's he's been a sort of changed driver since the summer break, really, I think, Latifi. Since Hungary, really. And really, really, I was really impressed with Latifi's racing this weekend. Yeah, just like Bottas, I think it's his best weekend of the year. Yeah, uh, me too. By far. So 
great job because I'm looking with the safety car timing because obviously if you've pitted before then you lose a lot if you don't if you haven't pitted then you gain a lot so just, just un- unlucky mm-hmm. yeah um, and the sprint race happened again yeah. it's um, put a hammer through Hamilton's weekend or disadvantaged him which I don't know it, it's I wouldn't have expected that I wouldn't expect you know it might just be luck or whatever but um what would you rate this sprint race out of 10 I don't want to rate it because that's really unhelpful it is <laughs> I'm going to rate it in a comment which is it's a first stint of a Grand Prix which means that it's always going to be not great I think the format needs kind of like I think there's potential in it, but it needs that kind of sort of kick up the arse and a bit more rewards and that kind of thing. I so, thought you liked it. I did like, I do like it. And I do like the sprints and I enjoy the the race weekend having three big moments on three days and that kind of thing. Um, just, I think it's more of a thing we need to judge in 2022. Um, with cars designed for racing and that kind of thing. I think there could be some sort of changes to it. I think I'm, I, I'm sort of coming around to giving um, more points for a sprint because everyone's racing it for a good chunk of time. Like that race had more racing than the Belgian Grand Prix did. So why, why not give it points in that regard? I mean, that's a cheap thing to say, but I'm going to say it. Um, and yeah, I think with sort of a few more alterations, I think it could work pretty nicely, to be honest. A 20 lap you know, race, that kind of thing. You know, before we started recording this and i said oh well we could just quickly cover off the sprint race by saying oh let's rate it and you said yeah that's a good idea it, that might have been the time to go actually i i don't want to rate it you didn't so, yeah. say rate it you, you just said say something on it no i did say rate it out of 10 so there we go nigel are you we make plans on this podcast but we never go with them. <laughs> so are you are you going to rate it or are you going to rebel as well the internet's gone Okay. Yeah, you're back. Wait, I've got you now. I've got you now. I've got you. Uh, What am I rating it? Probably three and a half or something. I don't think it was that good. And I think I said after Silverstone, that Silverstone sprint race was as good as it can get for a sprint race. I think Monza was the was what you would normally get, and it just doesn't work. And I think. My problem is that it takes too much away from qualifying. It, it makes qualifying less exciting for me, like a, a bit, and I don't like that. And I just think, you know, having a whole day built for what a 20, 25 minute race, I don't, I don't think it works. So, you know, if they, if they, if they do, do have to keep it, I wouldn't like to see it more than three or four times each year, but I don't think I'd have it. I think I'd I'd agree with you. I'd probably give it about four. It, yeah, I think the you know I, I all the problems you've kind of both have mentioned that you know particularly kind of devaluing qualifying. Not really a fan of. So yeah, um, I, I'm not kind of ready to completely abandon it yet. But I think based off what we've seen for the two sprint races so far, it's not. Yeah, you know, I don't really think it adds too much to the weekend. Just, just yeah, I don't think it. Oh, go on. I don't think it could be should be sprint qualifying. I think it should be another race. And I think you can do a, two qualifying sessions in a weekend. You can do two races in a weekend. 
F1 is so obsessed with giving us so many races that rather than having tons of races in different countries, do two races at one weekend, do something like that. Do, I mean, yeah, do maybe whatever, like two sort of 200 kilometer races, that kind of thing, maybe. Or, um, and do two qualifying sessions. That, why not do that? I don't think, see any issue with that. I mean, yeah, the whole idea was to kind of really, this is a compromise to get it signed off by the teams, let's be honest. But now we've got it signed off. Let's meddle with it. Let's change it. Let's actually give it some panache to it. And I think there is so much potential in this idea. And I really, really like having qualifying on a, on a Friday, that kind of thing. Otherwise, it is just practice sessions, which is so annoying. And I really do like that kind of push to it. But we can, we can do more with it. We can do so much more with it. Yeah, I think that's where I disagree with you. I, I, I don't like qualifying on a Friday, but I, that, that's just my take, and that's you know your take. And I think I think it's I would say it's 50-50 with sprint with like the polls I've seen with with sprint qualifying. Uh, because like the yeah, from what I've seen, it's kind of like two thirds, one third. It, it's not as much as I thought was. You know, I thought it did get a lot more negative press, but it hasn't in a way from from like fans. So, yeah, that's something that surprised me a bit. Yeah, I think, you know, I have to, like you say, there's kind of maybe more to come from. And there is still another one meant to be happening sometime this year. We don't know when. Brazil. Okay, we do know when. I've missed that. Anyway, um, (laughs) but that is not Brazil next week. It's not any race next (laughs) week, but it's Russia the week after that. So we will be back then to talk about the one of the less exciting circuits on the calendar. So if that hasn't got you psyched up for the Russian Grand Prix, I don't know what will... With a grip penalty for Verstappen. Yes, angry Verstappen. But in the meantime, we will say thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye-bye.